0: everyone to another episode of the future of Viz tech. I'm your host JC Granger and I have another fantastic guest with me on the show today. And listen, if you end up loving this episode, please show your love and appreciation by following this podcast, wherever you're listening and be sure to give it a five-star review, you know, something nice with some comments on there because that is how other techies like you and I find cool podcasts like this. And today I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing the CEO and co-founder of EduFlow, David Wynn. David, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what it is that EduFlow does.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, a bit about myself, a bit about the company. So myself, I'm a programmer, I guess, since I was a kid. I've always loved to f- fiddle with computers and write and code. So I, I thought I was going to be a software developer. Um, but during my studies, I switched to math. I did a PhD, so it looked like I was becoming a, like I was becoming a researcher. But... During my PhD, I started uh, teaching and the course I was teaching uh, got too large basically for me to handle. I had 150 students submitting work every week that I had to grade. And I don't know, 40 hours of grading every week didn't sound like super appealing. So the mathematician in me came out and was like, hmm, I wonder if there's like a scalable solution to this. So I ended up coding up this uh, peer feedback product uh, for myself essentially where the students would grade each other's work and then I didn't have to do it and that sounded pretty good to me and my supervisor liked it so he convinced me to to sell a license to the department and that's how this company started actually as a different company Uh, back then it was called peer grade Mm -hmm. um, and it was a peer-to-peer feedback product seven years later it's it's now called eduflow and it's a a learning platform so there's a lot of things happen in, in that time period but basically we raised the money we learned a lot of things about our product and our users and decided to go for an even bigger opportunity so eduflow is a it's a platform to build online courses that are active and collaborative so where people do something and and learn together with others so a lot of it is Stuff we borrowed from the peer grade product, and a lot of it is uh, new things.
0: Did you find a spike in your in the need for services with all the the COVID stuff over the last couple of years, or has it, you know, has it been more or less relevant and useful? I guess is my point. It's definitely not been negative for us, right? Like uh, online learning has become a mandatory
1: part of everybody's life. Um, students are all at home. Companies are remote. It's been wind in our backs. I think so. In the big scheme of things, it's been very positive, and then. On the other side, like when a crisis hits and everybody panics, they have a tendency to go for the established players, right? You don't mm-hmm. experiment in the middle of a pandemic. So,
2: yeah.
1: I think the big the big players had a lot more wind in their back. But we've seen a lot more kind like, of uh, respect for online learning, and I think now is actually the best time. Like now, people have established new roles and rules and and processes, and they're like, okay, we're over the pandemic, but we're still gonna be at home. So let's try to Do do it well now, not just
0: survive. So, what is the main usage of your platform like? Can you visualize it for the audience of like if they were to log in, like who are they? Who you know? Who's your main clientele specifically? Like actually, Mm -hmm. users that are using it, and then and what is their experience? What are they mostly going on there to do? It's actually a really hard
1: question to answer for me because our our user base is extremely broad, right? So we have everything from middle school teachers using it to teach history to uh, Google and Accenture doing corporate training. Uh, we have sales training, we have onboarding, we have compliance training, we have university courses, we have everything. So it's hard for me to kind of pinpoint the, the perfect user in that sense. But if you want to imagine it, I think a lot of people are familiar with course platforms like Coursera and so on, where you, you log into a course, in the course there's some activities you have to go through to complete the course. It's kind of how Edgeflow looks as well and um, and then basically the people we cater to are people who teach with more than just videos and quizzes if your whole course is just 10 videos put them on youtube right that's fine um, but if your course requires that people do something write something think a little bit deeper uh, talk to each other then edge flow is a, probably a better fit so okay. I, I guess a good example would be sales training right like the best way to learn to sell is to sell so you have to like actually do the pitch. You can't just read more and more blog posts about how to do a good pitch. You have to try it. So in flow you could record a pitch on like a live video thing. And then other people could give you feedback on that pitch inside flow So I think sales training is a good example of, of a good fit for the product.
0: Okay. And then, I mean, I'm a marketing guy, right? By, by nature. So I always have to ask the question, what kind of marketing are you doing that's getting your Brand, you know, out there. I mean, you're on a podcast, right? That's one great. So we're doing this. So we know PR is part of it. <laughs> what else are you guys doing on a day-to-day basis to just to tell people about about Eduflow?
1: It's we actually, I think we're kind of non-standard on the marketing side, honestly. So most of our growth is purely word of mouth, which is fine. That's it's good, but it's also hard to control and hard to boost, right? So it's a bit tricky. Um, we don't really run any ads. We do a bit of content marketing. So we write blog posts, but, but but the main thing we're focusing on right now is actually producing courses as content. So we have a course platform, right? And we have a profile of who could a buyer of Edgeflow be. So it could be someone with the title instructional designer, for example. So what we do is we build courses for instructional designers. We let them enroll for free, and then we host the course on Edgeflow. So when they take this course, then they get to talk to us. They get to experience the product as a learner and they get to like hear a bit about what EduFlow is as part of the course. And then afterwards they've seen it, they've experienced it, they know about it. They think we're good good guys that give away free courses. Um, so that's actually our biggest marketing play right now. We call it EduFlow Academy.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's smart. I know HubSpot is like, has that whole academy side. You know, if you're a SaaS, having the educational side, to something that you can help with is a big deal. I, I know multiple very successful SaaS companies um, that do that model. So that's actually pretty smart. I'm, I'm glad you guys do that. And it's helpful for the people who want it, right? I mean, educate, having a free education on there um, helps them and then it you know helps solidify your brand as well. So that's a, that's very cool. And
1: I well, think like, I'm, I'm tired of these blog posts where like I read a blog post and then they're like, oh, do you wanna download this five page PDF? You just have to give us your email to get the PDF. And I'm like, that's not how PDFs work. I, just, <laughs> just, I can just download that PDF. I'm, you're, you're putting me on a list, right? And that's fair enough, Like, but it's, it doesn't feel very legitimate. But if I enroll in a free course on a course platform, I'm like, I probably have to give my email to enroll in this course anyways, right? So it feels higher value. It feels more legitimate to ask for an email. Yeah. Um, so people are very willing to give away their emails to get a whole free course. Um, and then I guess... The extra benefit for us compared to like HubSpot Academy is that our product is actually the course product, right? So like the courses are such a good fit for us because it's, it's the only thing we want to show them is the actual course. It doesn't matter what the course is about, honestly. It's just take a course with us and then we're happy.
0: Yeah, no, that uh, listen, I'm a marketer, so I get the whole gated content thing, but your version is better. It just, you know, it takes a lot more work, right? I and mean, I think the yeah. reason why you see the name and email for a PDF is that's far less work then building a whole free course, you know? Um, but, but you know, for the people who put in the work, they usually uh, get the uh, the bigger better. I actually
1: made a few courses very quickly because I had like a couple blog posts doing extremely well on SEO, like thousands of clicks a week on Whoa. Google organic. Okay. And again, I was like, what do I do with these blog posts? Like, what do <laughs> I actually do as a CTA? And I was like, what if I just spend an hour or two taking the content in that blog post, chopping it up and making it into a course? So, like I did that in like an hour and a half and then I had a course that was like, it's pretty rough. It's basically just a blog post in a like re- reshuffled way with a bit of like the discussion activity to see like, what did you learn from this uh, and so on. And here we have a, a piece of a of, of content that actually had meaningful CTA on the blog post.
2: Does your tech company have the right marketing systems and strategies in place so you don't have to do it all yourself? Are you frustrated that you're not getting the ROI on your marketing budget that you know you should? Well, my agency, Infinity Marketing Group, can help. For the last 10 years, we've been helping companies just like yours make huge returns on their marketing budget. So, for more information, go to our website, www.infinitymgroup.com, where you can email us at infoinfinitymgroup.com. Or, if you prefer the phone, give us a call at 303 834 7344 to find out how we can help your tech company make more money. Now, back to the show.
0: It's smart though too i mean to repurpose old content and, and modernize it and then push that out and again it's free i mean it's not like you charge a thousand dollars for the course you know you can give them enough to where they can uh, if they put in the work they can do the work themselves or you know they could be part of the software so again smart marketing ploy. Uh, coming from a veteran marketer i like it i like what you're doing <laughs> but the podcast being the future of biz tech we're gonna talk about the future for a second here so two-part question i'll give you the first part first where do you see eduflow going in the next six months to a year you know what are are some cool features coming down on your roadmap that my listeners can get kind of the first scoop on yeah so i think today we categorize ourselves kind of like a learning management system it's kind of like
1: an exotic term right but but it's like a place to manage your learning most people when they build a learning management system they start with all the important administrative work like how to enroll people in courses in the right way and a course library and managing the institution. We built none of that because we, we started with a peer feedback tool that kind of came in from the side. So we have a platform today where the course experience is extremely good. Like the learning experience is very good. There's a little bit of lack on the institutional administration side, like compared to some of the bigger players in the market. So a lot of our roadmap right now is to try and kind of, fix that and build all the the stuff you need if you have 10,000 or 100,000 people in your organization that you need to manage. That sounds pretty boring, but the way we're approaching it is to try to build a piece of software that's very, very flexible and kind of has some of these modern ideas that you know from Zapier, for example, right? So you have these like no-code tools today where you can connect other tools together. Like if this happens in this tool, then do this thing over in that tool. Basically, one of the things we're building into Edgeflow right now is is that part. Um, So instead of building 100 different features in Edgeflow to do different things, if other things happen, we're building in like an automation system where you can say, if a participant joins my institution, then enroll them in this course. Or if a person completes this activity in this course, then give them this property and add them to this other call. So you can basically set up your own rules and workflows, which is our code name for it right now, to set up this whole automated institution that everything just runs on its own. And we have to like build the programming language basically that people will will build these automations in, which is like a super tricky task. Um, But hopefully once we do that, then it will just give users a thousand features we never thought about building because they'll be able to like connect the building blocks on their own. It's called, to the way Edgeflow works in general is that it's all very modular. It's all very building block style uh, tool where you connect different things and add them on top of each other to get what you
0: want. Very cool. All right, well then let's go to part two of the question, which is where do you see the industry that you're in going, you know, an online training industry in general in the next, you know, five years or so, you know, in in regards to either technology that's that's on the horizon or legislation, I don't know. Um, where do you see you and all your competitors going in the next five years?
1: It's a good question, right? Online training has been around for like a lot of years by now. People always think of this like, oh, it's totally new. It's not totally new, right? It's been like like forty years. Um. So, what's happened recently, I guess, is that. The internet as a whole, we've gotten to a place where content is abundant, right? There's so much content. So people (laughs) who teach online, they can't just have more videos than the next guy, right? It's not going to be enough to have better content because YouTube has infinite content and it's good. So if you want to sell a course or you want to attract people to your courses, you need to offer them something more. And people are attacking this problem from... Different angles, right? Some people are talking about communities, like how to build communities around the courses. Some people are talking about uh, collaborative learning and active learning. Like we are, a lot of people use the word cohort-based courses these days, where you take the course together with others. And it's still the same course, but now there's like this feeling of of a group. You're doing it together, some social motivation. And I think all those ideas. I don't know if they're here to stay forever, but right now they're here and, and they won't die for now, at least. And so I think that's, that's a big part of it. And then I think learning technology is, it's not the fastest moving technology all the time. It's a little bit old school somewhat still. So there's a lot of potential for just making more slick technology solutions, especially when it comes around integrating products with each other. Um, a lot of, if you run a course today, you probably use a handful at least of different learning products. And they don't play together very nicely, <laughs> unfortunately. So I think there's a lot of potential in integrating and embedding things in in a very neat way so the user can have a very good experience but actually be using multiple products as part of the course.
0: I feel like machine learning and some AI can could take a place too because like you're talking about, you have your workflows and you're setting those. I think it'd be really cool if one day the system can learn enough about the process where it can decide where to put people right? We're going to actually start giving insights to the managers as to who is better suited maybe for certain positions, you know, how well did they do on the testing? How fast did they get through it? You know, things like that, right? I feel like there's an AI component somewhere in there one day for online training, which I think could be really useful. So yeah, I always like thinking about, you know, like what's coming down, right? I'm, I'm, I geek out on that, that future stuff, right? Go figure, you know, future biz tech podcast. <laughs> Let me ask
1: you a question. I'm a, I, did an, I did a PhD in machine learning, right? So I think a lot about AI and, and, and how it's going to affect us. And it's funny, right? When I talk to people about online learning, they always expect me to be the bullish guy when it comes to AI. I'd say like, oh, it's going to take over everything. I think I'm the most kind of conservative guy in the whole AI and learning group. I think most products probably don't need AI they they should probably just like forget yeah. about it and build yeah. a better onboarding experience because yeah. that's going to make them more rich but <laughs> it does sound cool when the customers ask like do you have ai yeah uh, yeah we have like super advanced ai and we don't <laughs> right it's just we just sort the things by reviews like and then everything's happy like right? you can just call it ai but it's just yeah. counting and sorting it's like what 90% of the companies do yeah um, i do think there are there are places where AI will make a massive impact in online learning, um, but most companies probably just do it to sound cool. Unfortunately, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, humans. We spend a lot of time thinking about AI, and I think I think we're okay until AI starts spending a lot of time thinking about us. Then we're in trouble, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Let me ask you. What, what you know? This is a personal question here. What? What did you want to do when you grew up? Like when you were a kid, right? Like what was your your dream job or career? And then was it this or did and how did it get here?
1: It was definitely not an EdTech CEO. That's for sure. (laughs) I wanted to build, I wanted to make games, right? I liked the computers. Not too far off. Not too far off. Yeah. It's not too bad, right? So I I did start when I started programming, I started making games. I think it's the gateway to programming is building (laughs) your own game, right? Like, oh, I can make my own game. And then I started. I think I even started university wanting to be a, like a software slash game developer. And I did build games. Right. But then I don't know, it got ruined. I think I realized I was a good programmer, right. In 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 my bachelor's degree, I was already a programmer since I was a small kid. So I think I realized that I could take all the programming courses and I could do well, but I could also take all the math courses instead, which I did not like. And it's kind of sucked at math, but I'll still be okay at programming, but then I could learn something new. So I switched to math. And then I think that kind of pulled me into machine learning eventually. So it's all kind of, it's all accidents after accident, right? And then I ended up going away from the games. And now, I don't know, I still kind of miss, miss the games, but
0: I didn't play. in your future now. maybe like, you know, maybe one day after you exit, you, you see yourself taking all your, your winnings and going back into games. Back to I home. hope. I have some kids now.
1: I hope they'll grow yeah. up and and start building their own games. I would yeah. love that.
0: That'd be so fun. Or even making a cool game like just for your kids, right? Like, yeah, yeah be, that's the dream. Right? That'd be pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: Well, listen. How can people reach you
0: or you know directly if they've got maybe higher end deals they want to do? And then how can they reach the company itself?
1: Yeah. Uh, you can always reach me on any it's i'm easy to reach right but like david at is the easiest way linkedin twitter google my name it's fairly uniquely named i think which is nice so i shouldn't be too hard to find and i put my email on everywhere so like that's okay i get a lot of spam but i go through
0: it <laughs> yeah you know you inbox zero at some point get an assistant you know right <laughs> yeah, exactly. awesome. well listen for everyone out there listening again If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, give it that five stars we talked about, put some cool comments so other techies like us can enjoy it and learn all the cool, amazing, new, helpful B2B softwares that are on the market today. And listen, David, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. I think it's cool what you're doing, you know, that workflow style, you know, uh, online education, training, very, very useful in today's B2B economy, especially when mostly we're working from home and they're not gonna have a lot of that, as much as that in-person training. You know, this is kind of the new normal, you know, we think a lot of people are gonna be staying home on a high percentage. So I wish you the best of luck and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah,
2: thanks for having me. Awesome. Bye. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Future of BizTech. I hope you got great value out of our discussion today. If so, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate it five stars. This helps a podcast jump in the ratings to help other techies like you and I find it too. And remember, if you own or work for a B2B tech company and you're looking for highly targeted, hot leads delivered to your inbox daily, my agency, Infinity Marketing Group, can help. We've been in business since 2010 and have helped hundreds of companies just like yours make millions of dollars in marketing and lead-gen ROI. So be sure to visit our website at www.infinitym, as in marketing, Group.com. That's infinitymgroup.com. Or you can email us at infoinfinitymgroup.com. At or you can call us at 303 834 7344. We look forward to talking with you. And I look forward to you listening to my next episode of Future of BizTech.